0: What is up, guys? Now, listen, this is not a pre-roll from Micro Gym University, so don't fast forward. This is not that. This is even better. Sean Pastuch, the founder of Active Life Rx, and myself are putting on a crash course on PT First on March 2nd, that's a Saturday, at my gym in Charlotte, North Carolina. Come and meet Sean and me. We're going to have a meet and greet that Friday night. And then that Saturday, we are getting down to business, teaching you guys how to install PT First in your gym. If you already have it, how to go ahead and increase your sales, how to do internal sales with your current members, how to change the culture, how to get your coaches bought in, how to charge, how to pay. Everything and everything PT First, we are going to be talking. There is a link in the bio of my Instagram. Go there. Feel free to DM Sean or myself on our respective social media platforms. Guys, We'd love to meet you. We'd love to sit down and jam with you. March 2nd, fucking be there. Awesome. Good deal. All righty, guys. It is Stu. It is What the Fuck Gym Talk, and I have Zach Scarborough. He is a Orange Theory fitness trainer here in Charlotte, and we were first – we've literally only been – I've seen you twice in my entire life. One time was at Project Lean Nation. I met you there for the first time. You came in on a run or something. I was recording some footage with Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. And you're in that one video where you came in and we were jamming. And then the other time I was shooting another film and outside and I popped in and was like, hey, do you guys mind if I record this in your parking lot? <laughs> and I was shooting this fun for uh, uh, this summit that I spoke at. And uh, and so Zach's always just been like the name. Anytime anyone came to me, was like, hey, I work out the Orange Theory. You were just the only name. I'm like, oh, do you know Zach? They're like, yeah. Do you know him? I'm like – Kind of like we've literally <laughs> seen each other twice, but uh, you were always the person that would name drop. And, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast to sit down and jam and, uh, and talk shop. And so I appreciate you taking the time out.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, first official time seeing the space. Love it. Cool. Um, very clean, very crisp. Obviously you've put a lot of work into it and, uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you, brother. So do
0: do me a favor. Give everyone kind of the rundown. Give you you know a quick, brief elevator pitch. Your backstory. What led you to fitness? How old you are? Where you're from? All that good shit.
1: Okay. Uh, so I'm 24 years old. Uh, been in fitness. Been around fitness technically for over three years. You could call it. Um, long story short, high school athlete. Uh, football, track. Okay. Uh, two way athlete, two way starter in football. Um, Comes from a very strong program uh, in Indian Trail, North Carolina. Um, very, very, just always been conditioning, in shape, So this training. is home for
0: you. You're a native. Yes. Got it. Yes. So I'm from. Which is rare in Charlotte.
1: Right? I know. That's what I hear. Yeah. Unicorns. Yeah. Uh, my what wife's a ever...
0: unicorn. She's a native. It just deuce. My, my uh, assistant GM here, he's a native. But it's, everyone fucking moves here from the north because they want to get away from the cold white stuff.
1: Dude, yeah. It's, that's, girlfriends from Michigan. It's yeah. It's nuts. It's just, it's absolutely miserable there for like yeah. seven, eight months. Is she a there. university of Michigan fan? She is a uh, Michigan state. Mich- okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's all right. We're so cool her, there. it's her, she's Michigan state brothers, Michigan family rivalry. Oh yeah. Big 10. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. So, uh, so yeah, that's me, uh, ran track, uh, UNC Charlotte for a brief, brief moment in time. Um, and then just did the college thing was exercise science at UNC Charlotte. Graduated. Didn't necessarily know exactly. And it originally wanted to be physical therapist. Um, Got turned off from that. Not that, uh, you know. I did the same thing. I went
0: and did my freshman, freshman or sophomore year. I did an internship with the Cleveland Clinic and uh, for sports rehab. And I spent one summer there, got to meet kids that tore their rotator cuff that were supposed to be fucking picked up at Ohio State and go fucking, you know, into triple A ball. And and like, they were just pissed at the world. And like, I. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I want I was like I want to be with them when they're still healthy and hopefully I can get them to a structural strength side, a fitness side that'll prevent them hopefully from injury in the future. Mm-hmm. Why why did
1: you get turned off? So I uh so funny my senior year, uh again, you know, very high level football program, we went to a state championship. I actually broke my collarbone catching a pass in our fourth game of the fourth game of the season. Were you tight end receiver? Or what'd you do? Receiver. Receiver. Okay. Yeah. Uh was very I mean, I'm not big now. Like I'm one sixty five now. And in high school I was playing at like one forty. Okay. So I was skinny. Like yeah, I yeah. was like lean. Yeah. yeah. Extra, extra lean. Yeah, like now yeah. I got a little bit of muscle. Not <laughs> but uh super, super small, but fast, athletic, whatever. So uh broke my collarbone and was out for basically the rest of the regular season. It was. It came back, was able to come back uh, for our five games in the playoffs, state championship, um, and a lot of that, well, basically the reason is because of my physical therapist, which is Architect Sports, which yeah. is in right oh, here Oh, 100%. Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I know them well. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: a guy named Joe Tedesco. Yeah, just,
0: Joe came by here. We were looking at putting – Yeah, Joe was looking to put an Architect Sports location because he wants a south end location. Yeah. Put it upstairs. So I have 500 square feet available upstairs. Really? And we talked about it, and it just – it was one of those things where he, he probably would have needed a good 2,000 square feet, maybe 1,600, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. We
1: just couldn't make the math work. Right. But um, great dudes over there. Dude, he's uh, – I mean, yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've met several guys from there, and yeah. uh, I know Carrie McLaughlin used to work there. She's a, a trainer at Orange Series as well. Yeah. Um, Joe's a wizard, and he – I mean, he held me up, dude. Yeah. Like, he got me right. Like, he knows his stuff, and so they did a great job. So that was initially why I wanted to – get into PT and uh, got turned off from it just from doing an internship and sort of a similar situation. And then graduated. It can be very
0: assembly line. Like you got client to client to client to client to client and you just get them going. And, 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 you know, it's hard to have the relationships. My sister's a physical therapist. She's Mm -hmm. our resident PT here. Yeah. yeah, She works at CMC Maine. And, you know, her biggest thing in the ortho is just like, it's literally assembly line. It's tough. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's hard to connect with people. Yes, Because one, they're, you know, maybe they're in pain. Yep, they're not happy to be there.
0: Nobody likes being there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Depending, especially depending on what it is, like it, it can be terrible. Yep. Uh, but it's also very rewarding. To that fact, like it's, sure. It's an extremely like I'm pretty sure there's been it's been voted one of the most rewarding jobs out there. Oh, a hundred percent. Magazine, Forbes, whatever. Yeah. But uh, wasn't for me. Uh, just like it wasn't for you. So, uh. How long has your sister been doing it? So she went to she went to college, undergrad for at
0: College of Charleston. She went to OU for uh, to get her DPT. So yeah, so she she got in the show three four years. So she's been doing it like four years now.
1: Awesome, yeah, That's awesome. Because I know uh, you posted something recently with yeah about her, and then she's she's seeing treating people here. Yeah, so she that... does ortho work here with our clients. Awesome, and then she travels. She does neuro work. Uh,
0: she does at home therapy, and then she's generally on the trauma and neuro floor uh, at CMC. Okay. So she kinda gets it all like you generally you get kinda siloed into just ortho or get siloed into, you know, TBIs and the traumatic stuff and she's kinda gets to she gets her, you know, scratch her itch here with ortho and she gets to do the really rewarding stuff, which is, you know, work with somebody with a traumatic brain injury who had a horrible car accident. She spends nine weeks with them and really can have that relationship side. Mm-hmm. The hard part of that though is sometimes those people die. Right. And sometimes there's you know, so that could be I remember the first time she was living with me. And her time, her first patient had died on her. And that was, you know, she was an emotional wreck. And not that I'm like, it's not that I'm not a sensitive or empathetic guy, but it's just like, listen, this ain't going to, this is the first, but it will not be the last. Yeah. And it sucks, but it's just one of the parts of the job. Was you that know? her very first patient? I, no, I think it was just her first one that died. Okay. Yeah. So Still rough, though. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah so, <laughs> but yeah, so she gets a good touch of all, you know, kind of all the angles of it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, does, she do, does she do any, like, FST work? She will do... um She'll do. She will do manual therapy on people. I've tried. Like I wanted her when she was in school to go dry needling because mm-hmm. it was really inexpensive. Yeah, and I was like, you, you fucking idiot, you could have been <laughs> killing it. Uh, there's a local guy. Well, he was in South End, Mark Kane. He was killing it forever. I went and saw him. I see him for dry needling still. He's over in uh, Selwyn now. Um, but no, she's pretty much stuck with just manual
1: therapy. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, dry, dude, that dry needling is like. No joke. And on if, you're in, shoulder, enough, if right. you're in enough
0: pain, it's worth it.
1: Yeah. It's so worth it. Yeah. It's not that bad. It doesn't like,
0: and I'm a huge bitch when it comes to needles. I can deal <laughs> with it though. Cause I'll generally wait to go until like my, like my, my scaps are so on fire. They'll be like, just poke me. Just make it go away. Just <laughs> just make it, it go away. <laughs> so you decide the PT route isn't for
1: you. Yeah. We get, uh, and then that leads you to the fitness. I'm assuming. Yeah. So I actually, First fitness uh, introduction, I guess, was in college uh, with Flywheel. Okay, Flywheel Sports over in Cotswold and Flywheel.
0: For those of you guys listening, that is not a familiar. Flywheel is the spin the spin studio that spun off of. Um, Soul Cycle, one of the original founders of Soul Cycle. Oh, she yeah. went off, yep, she started her own thing. She had more of a competitive vibe. Soul Cycle was very Zen, candles, no leaderboard, no data points. Flywheel is the much more competitive version of. Spin Studios, and it's a, it's a huge, phenomenally successful
1: brand. Yeah. I mean, their apparel, Oh my people God. love that stuff, yeah. dude. I never, see it everywhere. No, never coast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah never coast <laughs> exactly. shirts. Yeah. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So got started there. And I mean, I, it wasn't even a, it was a great college job for me. It was just, we, I wasn't a, an instructor or anything there. I was just a uh, facility coordinator, which was just. Nice. Cleaning shit up. Yep. Wiping bikes, fixing bikes if they broke, interacting with members, which yeah. was great. Like being friendly, really. Yeah. Uh, we had a great crew there. I, I worked at Flywheel for almost two years. Uh, from Flywheel, uh, once I was graduated, I kind of I kept hearing people talk about Orange Theory. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, kept hearing rower treadmill, and so for then I was like cardio, no, not my thing. Um, and went and took a class one day uh, with Orange Theory, and honestly loved it. Uh, sent an email, had a mic audition, and then from there got to go to got to be trained, and that's what started. What was your training, training looking like? So for a lot of guys
0: I hear, you know, probably orange theory probably skews more to the female demographic, would you say? I would, I would, I would highly, yeah. Correct. What did your training look like that made it make sense for you? Because I've had some guys like, ah, it just, I, it can't click for me. And I, I try to always think back like, well, what, what was their background? Like if I get someone who had any kind of an enduro background, like a run, like you played track and you ran both sides playing football. So you obviously had killer fucking endurance. So obviously I can see where Orange Theory would map well Mm -hmm. for you. And then some guys who maybe are just kind of weight room specific kind of guys are probably not going to be able to get off on an Orange Theory type model where two thirds of your workout is conditioning, is cardio based. What was
1: it? How did it map for you that? How did the Orange Theory make sense? For me, I think the number one thing, and this is what I, I, this is why I love like, and I'll tell I can come back to this point for me it was measurable it was competitive uh as an athlete who used to be like best shape of my life in high school kind of in college but really high school was like peak just because of the con- the amount of conditioning we did uh the competitiveness of the treadmill which would you know exactly how fast you're fucking moving sure you know how many watts you're pulling or what your split time is on a roller uh that combined with there is weights great yep. that all of that together uh because most most of the or- most orange the workouts are half and half sure the row was kind of broken into either the treadmill or the weight portion so it's half and half really and so the fact that it had both it was measurable and it was competitive the athlete in me really was drawn to that from the train from the training aspect sure yeah the the, the competitive side of uh group fitness you know
0: a lot of the the things that popped up probably have to give a nod to CrossFit brought competitiveness, a very high level of competitiveness to the group model. I mean, before that, I mean, you know, soul or flywheel was obviously competitive in the spin cycle, right? But in, you know, mixed modal, where I'm gonna do cardio and a resistance training all in the same workout. CrossFit is probably the, the first very mom and pop, very raw, grassroots kind of nod to hardcore competitive kind of thing, and I think it kind of went to a certain direction. When I think competitive at Orange Theory, I think one of the things obviously is the data points. Yeah. Right. So at a traditional CrossFit gym, there's just a generally a shitty fucking whiteboard that they write their <laughs> names up and then the score of whatever the work. How long did the workout take you to complete? How many rounds did you complete in the workout? Mm-hmm. And I just look at it. You know, I don't know the whole creation story of Orange Theory. I forget her name, but she founded it in, in Florida, yep. yep. so in Florida, and this was her idea. And the thing that that made sense to me so much about OTF was everybody's competitive. So I was a sociology major and exercise physiology major in college. Sociology I just picked because I was a fuckhead for the first two years, and I just needed <laughs> to pick something. Yeah. And then exercise phys came in later. I did my senior thesis on – I did the sociological implications of uh, drugs and sports, but I also did an entire piece on people watching inside of the Globo gym. And I would watch women on treadmills. So you'd have like Becky on this treadmill, (laughs) Skip one or two treadmills, and Sally on this one. Mm -hmm. And you would watch them. They don't know each other. They don't speak to each other. But Sally or Becky – would go ahead and lean over to see how fast the other one was going and they would compete mm-hmm. and you would see it all the time when you would go to a globo gym people will show up at recurring times almost like a class <laughs> because there are some similar people there right. just like a class yeah. and you'll be guy. you'll see watch guys in the weight room that are lifting the weights and they're looking to see and they'll go talk or whatever but they are competing, Mm -hmm. give it no fucking doubt at all that there is a competition happening. I loved when I first found CrossFit 06, I would go to global gyms and I'd be doing pull-ups and then I'd drop down, I'd go to that bar, I'd do back squats and then I would ask the biggest guy if I could, you know, hey, can I work into your bench? I didn't want a bench, I wanted to box jump his bench because there's no (laughs) plyo boxes. But I wanted everyone to see me doing this stupid shit, it was putting out a spectacle, it was competing. And then when I looked at Orange I'm like, they just took what CrossFit was doing and they just did, did such a much better job of encapsulating competition without intimidation. Yeah. Some Anyone can look at an orange, like again, there's three levels you walk, mm-hmm. you jog, you run, you have base pace, race pace, and all out, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were able to quantify and put people in the buckets and be like, I'm going to walk today, and that is okay. Whereas at a CrossFit gym, if you're like, I'm not going to – you are judged generally, and there's like this – there's a bit of a stigma to it and, and stuff like that. There's this RX classification and the way they put your scores up on the board that I think turned a lot of people off and just fed people into a system and a, and a product and a service like what Orange Theory has created. And the competitive side of it, I think – if you were to like, – don't let what I was just saying skew this. What do you think is the most
1: addicting part of Orange Theory? Why is it done so well and exploded? I think that we are we are extremely innovative with. I mean, there's tons of places that have good energy, good vibes, great uh, community. That's what every hopefully micro gym looks to establish, right? Uh, Which we do. We do a great job. I think a lot of studios, most studios. uh, uh, There's a statistic that Orange Series don't close. Yeah, Um, they haven't so you know they're it's doing still something young right. it's we it said is. that about CrossFits too for the first it's, like six years right and so uh we're super innovative with the technology dude like the like heart rate based training got it heart rate based interval training is uh extremely popular like more places are starting to do it trying to replicate 100%. it whatever uh but i mean the way we just keep rolling out new things like the next step to that like I don't know if you're familiar with the next phase of what Orange Series doing, but uh there's studios that already have it. IPads on the treadmill, right? Where uh so if you go to an Orange Series class, you see there's there's monitors up two or three, four TVs with every the whole class. The whole is, classes, is, yep. Uh current heart rate data. Yep. How many minutes you've spent splats at a certain all that. right number yeah. So uh what we're rolling out now that studios have it's it's knowledge that people have, is iPads on every treadmill. So what that's going to have, you hop up, it's going to detect whatever it's going to detect. You're, you're going to click your name cause it'll detect your heart rate monitor. Um, and it'll track your treadmill data and it has everything in front of you right there in front of you. So yeah, you can obviously still look up at the board, but it's got everything right there in front of you. And so it's, that's awesome. I mean, dude. Yeah, it just so keeps... you have this
0: monitor just personalized with your data versus when you pop on like a Concept Two rower, you're looking at just the data that you're feeding off it, of, but you're not looking at your data. That's why Fitbits and Whoop Whoop bands and all that are so popular right now. Mm-hmm. People want to know, great, I'm on a Concept Two machine. It's telling me I'm rowing a 144. Right. What is my heart rate? How many calories am I burning? Is this a PR for me? Yeah. You know, there's apps out there like Strava. You know the endurance app, where you can go ahead and turn it on, and it's geolocated. And let's say you're running, uh, you're running around the Bank of America Stadium, and someone else has run around the Bank of America Stadium. It'll tell you that. It'll time. tell you what their time was if they recorded it, because the Strava community really? is a social media platform, in essence, for enduro athletes, cyclists, and runners. Wow, I've seen I've seen that on Instagram. Yeah, like I've. So, and I've... Uh, Lulu's huge with it. Lulu is partnered with them, and you could go in and show your Strava or whatever, and get X amount of percent off, or they have some kind of little gift or whatever they'll give you if they show you your Strava points and as you beat things. So let's say I wanted to run from here to Orange Theory. I'd record it on Strava mm-hmm. and when I run it again, if I PR, I get a, I get a reward. I get points. Very cool. And it's very much like people who paid uh, Candy Crush. You get bonus points. You get – and it's a dopamine drip just yeah. like when you see the splat it's points go system. up. a reward system.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: People like – it's just like getting likes on Facebook. Nothing gets my dick harder than when I look at the number of video, video you know, views that what the fuck Gym talk gets <laughs> and, and I get our comments like it is a reward system and that is a hundred percent what it is. Yeah. So I, one thing that I think is really interesting with, and so when I, I've always not criticized, but always talked about when I look at the tech of orange theory, the idea of a heart rate monitor, that's not a new piece of tech. When I look at it, I look at it. It's a piece of tech that got dusted off. It got better. Bluetooth enabled, mm-hmm. uh cellular enabled and that was just being brought back out, just like, and there, you know, cr- I would talk with Crossfitters. They'd be like, "Yeah, you know, Bluetooth enabled tech has been around. Heart rate monitors. I did those, and I had that Polar heart rate monitor. Where I'd have to lick it and stick it to my chest <laughs> in great or in a high school. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the treadmill. It's just like the assault bike, the assault bike that is used in every CrossFit gym." is a recreation of the Schwinn Airdyne. That has been around since the fucking 80s. So I don't really think we, you know, when we look at these models, like, oh, they're just redo. Look at what CrossFit's doing. The clean... And the pull-up have been around for a very long time. They just put it in a certain order, in a certain way, that became applicable to more people. It's like the Beatles. The Beatles didn't invent the G chord and the C chord, but they put that shit in an order <laughs> that made sense to millions. Yeah. And like the treadmill. The thing I love about treadmill, uh, Orange Theory is it brought back the treadmill. The treadmill is the most iconic would call it like bullshit piece of equipment because people bought them, and let them just sit in their homes. Yeah. And when I would do Globo gyms, we would always have the cardio area up front so that when prospects came in, they would see the easy shit first. I'd be <laughs> like I can do that. Yeah. I love that you guys brought the treadmill back and fucking made it mainstream. And then you look at what Barry's did. Barry's went and got Woodways. And Woodways are just like the, you know, they're $9,000 fucking treadmills.
1: Woodways, So
0: Woodways are typically, they're the ones that have an arc that yeah. have no motor. Like that, the freeform ones? Yeah, like a freeform, just, okay. but theirs has a motor. Okay. So it's like, it, essentially, it's just a very expensive treadmill, probably in the lines of what you guys have as well. And it's, it just, so I think it's interesting to get, it just as a nod back to stuff. It's not new, it's just better. And now it's done in a way that makes it cool. Like everything old becomes cool again. Yeah. And I look at like, you know, a bubble, a rower. Do you know, like Frank Underwood like, <laughs> was the first one to make That's the bubble rower. That's a nice rower, rower too, yeah, the yeah, wooden he, one. Yeah. I know exactly what. <laughs> yeah. So Frank Underwood had one like in that, you know, Orange Theory has the bubble rower and it just, Concept 2 has been around forever. CrossFit made Concept 2 fucking cool. It's just, you know, it's one of these things that I just think that it, in criticisms, when, it, when I hear this in the inner circles, the... The non-CrossFit gyms, the the berries, the blanks, the whatever it is. And one of the criticisms always like, well, it's nothing new. It doesn't have to be. It just has to be done in a different way. And that's what I respect the fuck out of Orange Theory. Yeah. They just did it in a different way. Where CrossFit would be like, well, nobody was doing deadlifts and handstand pushups before. Great, good, grand. Then that's why it's been successful. Nobody was taking a group. And 15 treadmills, 15 rowers, and 15 weight room stations, and having up to 45 people be able to have this synergistic orchestra of fucking fitness, yeah. and in an inclusive level where two out of the three are very inclusive: walk, jog, run, and row, which pretty much anyone can do. And if you can't, we got a couple spin bikes over here. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just I I love it, and I've always had nothing but nothing but phenomenal respect. I even tell gyms when you're open up, like, where should I open up? Near the closest. Orange Theory as possible,
1: because
0: <laughs> yeah. corporate spends a lot of money figuring out where those franchisees can set up shop, mm-hmm. and they do not let you set up shop anywhere where you're not going to be able to make the ROI necessary. All
1: right,
0: have you had a chance to meet with the franchisee for in the Charlotte market here? Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. What do you when you look at stuff like that, and you're at, for Orange Theory now? Is that like did that ever cross your mind the franchise one?
1: Uh, it has. Uh, I've, that's something I've talked with him about. Uh, it it almost Seems like it's. There's been so many licenses issued that sure. just store that that are not open yet. That it's, but it's also a big investment. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, it's it's massive. Yeah, it's uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's pretty, co- and it's common that uh, there's usually an investing team. team. Yeah, it's multiple people. Right. Uh, I mean, there are there. I'm sure there are guys that, or there are you know people that have done it themselves. Yep. Uh, one that's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a big investment. So it's something I've thought about, uh, that I've talked to him about, uh, but just not in a position to do. Sure. But, I mean, the, the model works 100%. very, very well, which I'm sure you've probably. Yeah.
0: yeah. Have you ever, I mean, have you ever thought the one thing that you have? Like if like, I was like, okay, me and four of my really rich buddies want to invest in one, but here's the deal. We don't know shit about fitness. I would be looking to bring somebody in who could bring the sweat equity element in it, and even if he couldn't play with fucking money, he couldn't bring a ton of cash to the table. I'd be willing to cut that person in to teach me what I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. Are a lot of the franchisee owners for Orange Theory fitness based, like they were personal trainers, and were, or are they just business guys? Like it could have been Orange Theory, it could have been a KFC, or it could have been a Chipotle
1: that yeah. they would have invested. Uh, in. Well, it could it it the the, the my answer is probably just not super educated just because I haven't met a ton of franchisees. Yeah. Uh, my owner for my studio is an area developer. Yep. So he uh, develops a certain area, territory, a large yeah. territory yep. uh, that, that he's responsible for. Sure. So like he approves and disapproves of studio locations. Yep. Uh, that's, you know, what he's responsible for. And so I haven't necessarily met uh other than him and one of his business partners that is also not here, I've actually never met the guy. I just know of him. Um, I don't know if they have a fitness background. I can tell you mine. Um, his daughter got him involved. She was involved very early with Orange Theory. Yep. Um, she's awesome. She was. Uh, she is actually a studio manager and a head coach. Nice. Which is not very common because she's she's basically running the studio herself. Yeah. Um, very uncommon. She's down in in Florida and she got him, she just b- bought him a pack and just like, Hey, Merry Christmas, workout, yeah. whatever it was, bottom up, bottom a pack. And, um, he loved it. He not right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he he had the best experience initially. Um, just because I, I I'm not sure what, what all was going on, but, uh, kept coming back and found, he was like, okay, well this, this could be something to it. And however he knew, he probably knew the right people and, yeah. decided to invest and, and the nice thing about franchising is again you can there's a hiss you can see like oh
0: well again because it's the con- it's a consistent product mm-hmm. which is you know in the crossfit industry where you know a lot of my listeners are there is no consistent product you could have a fuck face crossfit gym owner who is doing hula hoops and roller skates and another one who's doing only powerlifting, and another one who it, it, they, they do nap time like it just you could have fucking it's it's you could have anything because it's not a franchise and the problem i think with the crossfit industry is people think it is so if you go to one and have a bad experience, you mm-hmm. assume it's gonna be the rest. Kind of like if you had a shitty experience at Chipotle, you might you know chalk it up to hey, just that one location, but it is the same brand across the board, across yeah. you know, coast to coast kind of scenario.
1: Well, that's the crazy thing too, is the the consistency with Orange Theory yeah. is insane. Yeah. To me, I mean to have that many locations to be able to go, you know, you you fly out to California and yep. take a class and it's pretty on par. Obviously there's differences in trainers sure. and everyone's got their favorite trainer and people value different things in their trainer and every studio has a different vibe, but you're going to get the same workout. It's amazing that you're saying that right now. Cause I've got micro gym owners listening to this
0: that own one location. They can't even get their goddamn 5:30 AM trainer and their 5:30 PM trainer to get on the same page. <laughs> and here's a company that has over, a th- you guys just hit a thousand locations mm-hmm. in 2018 Would you know where you're at right now? Like, how many right now?
1: I'm not sure the latest number, but uh, I I I do know there's been a lot more licenses issued, correct? uh, Than open, so uh, one could imagine there's been quite a few that open uh, that have opened this year. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, that's another thing I normally have to combat. I'll get I'll get some micro gym owners like ah but you know, but they only have a thousand, there's fifteen thousand CrossFit affiliates. I'm like the barrier to entry to CrossFit Gym is three grand, motherfucker. <laughs> We're talking orange theory is probably you gotta have three fifty liquid in the bank. Yeah. Three hundred and fifty thousand liquid, yeah. like to even fucking apply. Right. So sure, if if CrossFit had a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar name tag to it, we'd probably look at it like maybe at a thousand, fifteen hundred locations too. It's a completely different ballpark. It is completely yeah. different. So Let's go ahead and kind of switch gears. You know, one of the things we were talking about before this that I really like about you is um, a you're a young, you're a trainer. You've, you, there's a lot of people listening to this that are not owners. Like most of the DMs they get are not the owners. They're the people who work for an owner, or they're a technician themselves and are trying to navigate their way through the web that is the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them end up through fitness meet somebody. Like uh, I had one guy who met a client who was a sous chef. And now that's become his new fucking passion is cooking. He's taking cooking classes at night. He's no doing way. this. He's like, dude, I really love fitness, and I'll always have a side hustle doing personal training. But I'm think I'm I'm thinking of maybe one day open up a place where I, you know, coach people during the day, and then the evening I open up a cooking school. And he's got this crazy cool idea. You currently are you've gone through the real estate route. Mm-hmm. So you re, So you're certified here in North Carolina. Licensed in in, License. in North Carolina.
1: Yep. Um,
0: what school did you go to? Mingle? What school did you Superior, go to? Superior. Superior, yeah. In Absolutely in Valentine. Absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, to, it was a little bit of a drive, but the reviews I got from people that have been to Superior were just. You guys have a location right beyond. next to there, uh, don't you? Right there in yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like right there in uh, Valentine Village. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so that's uh, that's actually the funny thing. So like Tuesday, it, my class was Tuesday Thursday. Yeah. Some of the days I'd go and I'd, I'd just hop into class real quick because. And knock it out. What I couldn't stand was, like, initially, like, first week or so. For, well, it took me a week to realize this. Um, just going driving there twice. Leaving south, and my class started at, at 6 p.m. Yeah. Leaving south, end at 5, cool, to get on traffic. 77 and 45, you never know what you're going to no. get. Like, I would leave on time, but an accident, whatever. Yep. Like, just rain. People would, it, would, it was awful. Yeah. So, uh, what I would do... I would get done. I, I had to tweak my orange series schedule. Um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, I'd train in the morning. Uh, I'd get done. Uh, I'd, I'd either work out or I'd eat and I would drive up to Ballantyne at like noon, 1 PM. I would sit, I'd post up in Starbucks and just do my study, yeah. review, read, whatever it was till class at six, have class from six to 10 and then come home and then yeah. That was my Tuesday, Thursday for like three months. How long did it take months. you to get your license? The whole process took three months. Class was 10 weeks. And then there's certain, just because of applying the application process, background check, all of that. Took the course of the next month. You have to pass the class test, and then you have to pass uh, the state State test. test, Correct, yeah. So,
0: so one of the things I've been talking about. I won't do it this year. I've got too much on my plate this year, but probably twenty twenty. I'm I'm gonna go get my commercial real estate license, just so I don't have to pay a fucking vig on the next building we buy. (laughs) Like, just you don't have to cut that commission check. Correct, yeah. Um, And also, I'm just I I've been more and more interested in the real estate development side, and I think real estate is always one of those plays where. You're always going to have a market, mm-hmm. even in a reset. Like, it's just one of those things. And as long as you keep it certified, like my uh, my mother-in-law, my wife's mom, she was a real estate agent 15 years ago. She keeps her shit certified. Mm-hmm. And if I, you know, if we were to go buy another house and just mention that she was the one that found it, whatever, she, you know, is going to get her exactly. percentage, you know? And,
1: and to that, I mean, yeah, she – one, it's, it's a knowledge base, right? Oh, yeah. Because most – that's a lot of the reason why I do – like, I enjoy it is that a lot of people don't know what goes into buying – whether it's a house, whether it's commercial, whatever. A lot of people don't
0: think they could get one.
1: Right. Yeah. They have no idea. They have no idea. Yep. So, uh, for me, uh, it made sense, uh, financially. That was, you know, I've got, you know, goals that, that, that I want to, stuff I want to hit that didn't really sound right. But, uh, there's things that I want to do financially that I see real estate being a very good path for me. Uh, my network of people that I've established in Charlotte. Yeah. And it, and it's all done in in a very organic way. Like I, I, I truly feel like I've got a lot of people's trust, uh, because I, you know, I've, I've dedicated myself to fitness and, and I will continue to do that. I'm not slowing down. I haven't slowed down. I still work full time and every day I'm learning with real estate. And so it's one of those things where, oh, like I'm helping you this way. And then, oh, well, the people come in and they're like, ah, you know, just I'm stressed out. I'm trying to figure out whether I want to buy whatever. Oh, well I can help you in this way too. Yeah. Let's sit down. Let's get a coffee. Let's get a beer. Whatever you want. Yeah. And so it's it's all very it's it's nothing that I'm going out of my way to like look for these people. I'm just I'm just there as somebody to help them out. If they're ready to buy. Awesome. I'll help you out. I'll answer questions. And then see. I you know, so that's I love the this. Game
0: I didn't know before Zach came here. I had no idea he had. Was doing the real estate, and one of the things I wanted to bring up was I think one of the best side hustles that a technician. So when I say technician, I'm talking a coach in someone else's shop, not a business owner. The best side hustle you could do is real estate, because you make so many fucking client friends that just love you for who you are, Mm -hmm. and you're generally intertwined in what they're doing. And depending on where you're at, and everywhere is a good pick, but Charlotte, North Carolina, I can speak to specifically. You, especially in the south end location, Orange Theory, at you are engulfed in you were engulfed in a sea of apartment dwelling millennials mm-hmm. and, and who are it generally takes two apartment cycle co- to go through two apartment cycles they re- lease for about 2 years yep. and then and then they're like you know fuck this i am not going to pay someone else's mortgage i need to be a grown up blah 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 they get close to that like 26ish kind of range mm-hmm. 27 28 and they're like fuck i need to i need to get a house whatever and there you are, and you already have this. And again, as long as your clients are aware of what you're doing, right? Um, you know, putting out content, things. Like that, I think it's the best play possible for any technician who is in fitness needs would like an opportunity to make more money, possibly even like do the full career change, but isn't really sure, but wants to play both sides of it. Yeah. I think real estate is the best fucking thing. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I just the odds, the the fact that you actually said that when you're saying was like, oh my god, it's like almost like, fucking <laughs> planned this. This is perfect. Um. The, you know, the thing that's interesting with real estate, too, that I think gym owners listening to this, for the owners that are still listening, if we haven't lost you because we're talking technician work, mm-hmm. the commercial side of it, again, I tell gym owners, your depreciated equipment, your kettlebells, I don't care if you have people on contracts, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. If, like, you have a couple exit strategies. You sell your business, which I don't understand if it's cash flow positive, right why you do it. Like, why I don't sell you? this. right I just, it just, I don't work in it like I have a staff that does that. I don't know why you'd sell it if it still makes you money. Right. You hand it down to your kid like a generational thing, like that could be cute. Um but what else what's the other play? Like what is the other play? And like buying gym buying a micro gym is a uh a buyer's market right now, not a seller's market. It's just an overflux of CrossFit owners who have warehouses with a bunch of bullshit equipment and a small clientele list and and yeah, you could buy. You could buy. It is a buyer's market. Like, I bet you I could go into any city right now and I could walk into somewhere that has $90,000 of equipment and find a gym owner struggling and give him $25,000. He'd walk the fuck out and take the check. And I could, you know, I, like that is, and that happens yeah. every day. Um, Fucking CrossFit. You know, you've been to CrossFit Delworth? You know where that is? Over I by the Big no, Chill? I haven't been there. That was recently sold. And. My sources tell me that was a business that's not making a lot of money. It, it sold for a crazy amount of money, like mm. crazy amount of money. And it happens every day that the transaction visit. But I always look at the dirt is the one thing. If you, you're in the right scenarios, I've got gyms out in certain areas like in Ohio, rural Ohio, where they're in a lease, I'm like, don't ever fucking buy this place. Just fucking lease this <laughs> yeah. thing. Sign just a 10 year goddamn yeah. lease. Don't ever buy. <laughs> Cause it is, you know, it, there's a lot that goes with it too, especially if you're near like Charlotte, yeah. that just location had, matters. Location matters. If you just had a, everything just got readjusted property tax wise. So a lot of people are getting kicked in the dick in Charlotte right now, but it's one of these things that I think real estate could be a huge, is is a big play for a lot of people. Do you ever see yourself doing the commercial thing? Uh, yeah, uh, cause I, I, you can still make a commission
1: off commercial. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what the thing with, uh, commercial, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different hustle, uh, residential, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have specific hours that you, that you work. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, you're kind of on your own as to sure. put in the time and to meet the people and to generate leads and yeah. you're, you know, you got to make deals happen and, and that's how it goes. Um, yeah. And you have people to help you. Hopefully, you, you've got a system in place, people to help you out. Depending on what firm you're with, um, I'm lucky that I'm working with a, a, a guy that I used to train. Who, that's, I mean, that that's. Are you with it, a private firm right or there. one of? What, what, it's a private, yeah, it's okay. smaller firm. Um, What's it called? It's called Yancey Realty, which is nice. right here in South. Yeah, M. it's that's in, my wife's
0: actual first name. You what? Uh, my wife's. So you know Zoe? Zoe? Yeah. Like. Okay. Oh yeah. Zoe's real. Her first name is Yancey. Really? Zoe is her middle name. But Seriously. if your fucking first name was Yancey, you'd go by your middle name too.
1: <laughs> Next time uh, no you see comment, her, Zoe. No comment. <laughs> Next time you see her, say, hey, Yancey. <laughs> oh, she'd probably give me shit. Dude. I know she would. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Yancey, which is right in uh, super dope office, dope location, industrial look, uh, Atherton Lofts. Yeah. Which is right. Uh, there's Publix right there. Yeah, yeah. And then. You got it right there. Yeah. Atherton office, the yep. the in the in loft. Uh a couple awesome guys, uh that one of them I used to train. Uh so it's got It's right there lo- next yeah. to the mill. It's the mill yeah. workplaces right there, mm-hmm. yeah. Right there next to big yep. Yep. Um so I don't I don't remember where I was going with that. But uh Yancy Realty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, commercial side of things, I would entertain it. Um it's a different work life because yes. a lot of times it's uh more of a nine to five, yep. more of a desk job and
0: it's a long, it, long play. It's a
1: long process. Yes. It's a much longer process than residentialism. Yeah. I mean, you, Obviously, can, you the- could find a buyer, you can go see a house, you can get a deal, you can close within three or four weeks. Yeah. Uh, on a home, right. you can shit. You can close in a week yeah. if everything's that's yeah, like this. This is an eighteen-month really, but... close. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. Like, and that's granted the commission checks are much larger. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's kind of what would you rather? You know, you've
0: got a lot of very slow-burning irons in the fire.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. You've even like as much patience as I feel like you need to have as a real estate agent because there are people that just you interact with. You know, I you know, I that met I had a beer with a guy time. last night. Yeah. Who is one of my friends? Uh, he's he can buy now. He just wants to wait a year. Yeah. He wants to save more money, and I get it. Yeah, uh, he wants to wait. So you know, for me, he's one of my boys. So sure. I'm gonna see him either way. But yeah, it's yeah. also one of those things you got to be patient. You got to follow 100%. up. Hey, has anything come up? Do you have any questions? Like every few months, whatever. Yeah. Or you know, send him a, a fucking I don't know. Go just grab a beer with them. Yeah. Whatever. Just check in with these people. That's a long term play. But residential, I mean, commercials on just a whole other level. Yeah. Now.
0: So I, and so the reason I think the real estate thing is a great um, option for trainers is because I think it plays real well on the lead nurture side for fitness. So, and I know you're not on the, you're not really on the sales side over at OTF, right? right. You have a separate department for that, but for the average micro gym, you're going to get a lead in like, well, if someone come check urban out, right? And, um, and by the way, this is, if you heard my pitch for when people ask me what urban movement's like, have you heard this yet? I don't think so. So. So I'd love to hear it because people,
1: people ask me That's you know, that member I sent over. Oh
0: Oh, my God. She's a sweetheart. So listen, this is again, for all you guys that like look at the competitors in your market as like, you just hate them. Zach sent over, he DMs me like, Hey, whatever. I've got this person. And then this woman reached out to us and she has been a personal training client. She works with Deuce multiple times per week. She is an absolute, she's a trip. She recently just got divorced. She's just like, she is just this cool woman, yeah. older woman, and it's super just, sharp, uh, super sharp. And um, she needed some one on one personal training. Zach referred her over, and it's been a great thing. And again, for those of you guys that, again, look at the competitors in your market as competitors and not from a network perspective, I cannot wait for you to go the fuck out of business. I just really can't. Um, network with people, don't compete. Anyway. Um, Back when I started crossing like oh six oh seven oh eight, mm-hmm. I I had to describe it like something because nobody knew what it was. Right. So I always do. So I went to what was popular, which is P ninety X. So I'd be like, it's like P90X, but okay. instead of jumping around your living room, like by yourself, like an idiot, you're going to work out in a group of people with a coach. Mm-hmm. And that was, I would use that as my anchor. So urban movement, cause nobody knows what the fuck, you know how many people come in here thinking that we're like a brewery or like, <laughs> like is this like urban outfitters? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. But, um, it's one of those things. So I'll be like, okay, have you heard of CrossFit? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's like CrossFit, but you won't get injured. I'm like, have you heard of orange theory? They're like, I'm like, it's like orange theory but we just have more stuff to do instead of the three things that you're typically doing there. Right. I'm like, it's just, I, cause I have to give two popular data points right. to get someone's brain in the right scenario. Yeah. Like there will be a CrossFitter who gets injured and kind of gets a little stale on CrossFit, but would still like this kind of mixed modal strength and conditioning workout. Mm-hmm. We are a great fit for that person. We are raking it in with those kind of people. Right. There will be someone at orange theory that gets sick and tired of a trimodal. Run, row, weight room. Run, row, weight room at some point. And I think we could be that next white space kind of thing. They're not maybe ready for a CrossFit, but that is always – yeah, that's just I have to use the popular guys out there and be like popular guy one here is popular guy two here, and I'm in the middle somewhere because there was a lot of opportunity in white space. And I think that's what Orange Theory did, where they ate up white space. You know how you run on the treadmill at the the local YMCA? Yeah, that kind of sucks. You know how these CrossFit fuckers are just like insane animals and getting people hurt? Yeah, that sucks too. We've got something better. Like I think that's what they did phenomenally at.
1: So how much of you, of your like, what what's the pro? Like you get a new person in here. Yeah. What's the process with Urban Move? Because I, I know I've seen stuff in the past. You do have personal training clients. Yep. yep. How does is that? How everybody starts out? Yeah. How?
0: So we're a big PT first gym. So um, especially when we were previously, we had more CrossFit stuff. As we've really rebranded it out, we have these four signature classes. People come in. Um, we get them started with one on one coaching first. Um, which is a higher price point, so we close less people, but a much higher, but, but people who can afford it, right. um, they'll stay too. Yeah, they they will stay. That's an um, there. and then we have uh we we our two signature classes is lift and move, which is I think uh we have one class going through right now is a just move class. and so that's our interval. Have you been the metabolic? Yeah, think what Brandon did with metabolic, very similar. Okay, I'll, I drew a lot of inspiration from what he did with metabolic interval based, um, bells based. So it's uh, our our dumbbell kettlebell slam ball. So bells and balls, um, no bars. So, and then our lift and move class has a shorty barbell. So not a big full fledged yeah. barbell. Just I've, a short I one. You, posted yep. you put
1: that on Instagram. Yep. Less and, space.
0: Yeah. Less space. hundred percent. Cause this is, this is a real estate play building. Yeah. This building is a corner lot in Loso. Like they just announced it in Charlotte business journal, all those fucking properties over there got bought up by beacon. This is a real estate play. It's a dog shit building for a gym. The ceilings are too tall. <laughs> To put HVAC in here will cost me $40,000. Like, it is a shit place for a gym, but fuck it. It's a real estate play. Yeah. My next location will be smaller, lower ceilings, the whole deal. That'll be a great location for a gym. Um, but yeah, so I mean, uh, that's that's generally our, our intro. You come on in, you start with a coach, one-on-one, you graduate. If you come in and you've got fina- you've done this shit before, we have a quick test out. We have a list of movements. We're just going to have you perform them for us. Mm-hmm. That call- You still have to pay for that session with that trainer. And if you can just show us you have some proficiency, like even halfway decent at it, you know, you can audibly recognize the exercise and then perform the movement generally well, you can go to class. But we just have to make sure because the worst thing, and as you guys know, keep the fucking group moving. Right. CrossFit gyms spend too much time standing around, too much time standing around. And when you have a brand new person and who's never done an air squat before in their life and you're having to just focus on that one person, that makes for a bad client experience for everybody else. So that's why we just pre you know, we pretty pretty much pre qualify everybody through this PT. So and a lot of people are really excited to do it. More often than I think people think. Like they actually like, oh yeah, no, I've never worked with anyone one on one that'd be kinda nice. Especially yeah. if they it's came from across pace, it. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're so. com- especially if they're coming from group fitness yep. only. Yep. Or they used to work out they yeah, Planet fitness in college, they get out of college they don't work out. Yep. They go out, they work, they go out on the weekends, they drink, they put on weight, and they're like, Damn. oh shit. And you know, like in the sweat net world, like sweat net's a good group that I, I'm really tight with, it, but in
0: that world, what I call nomadic fitness, where people just bounce around, what brewery's yeah. doing a thing here? I'm going to do my brewery thing here, I'm going to go to bar here, and I'm going to go to, you know, so, Instagram you know. story, Instagram exactly. here. I want to get a coffee, I'm going to Correct. work out, and I'm going to get an acai bowl. Yeah. That's how it goes. 100%. Yeah. In, that, in that world, you're not going to compete with that unless you you got to just attract people who are looking for a tribe, who are looking for one a uh, one spot. So having the co-op working up front also helps. We have a lot of people come in and get their work. I wanted to create a place where you could work out and get work done. Yeah. So that's what the whole like we work ish kind of co-op working space thing over there is. Um,
1: but yeah, it's so that that's essentially the pitch. I like how you mentioned uh, you know the flow of the, like there's a lot of standing around. Like what I I strongly feel now. As, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I think this applies to anybody that works at an Orange Theory or any kind of gym. I feel like one of uh, – a strength of mine after – I mean, I've been coaching Orange Theory for over two and a half years. So it's it just – now it's at a point where it, things like this can happen, right? When there's – it's not just me. There's other coaches that do it too. But to be able to bring in somebody that's brand new, athletic or not, And to be able to basically give them – there's a ton of information that they need to know, uh, or at least that's going to help them get through the workout. But to be able to dumb that down to the most basic things you need to know, hey, this is what you're going to do, to be able to, to basically let this person in this moment of time and then throughout the workout, especially if there's a day where it's crazy, there's a lot of switching, whatever, to be able to break things down to this person in a way that doesn't one that they understand it and they're fine, they can work out, but also in a way that it doesn't disrupt the class and you don't feel stressed out. As a, I mean, I don't get stressed out really ever, but anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is what makes for a better experience for that first-time person. A better average class. Like if you have a class where you, I mean, you just you're giving all this attention and you're you're doing the bare minimum yep. to the rest of the class. Sure, it takes away from the class. They're gonna get so pissed, it, it, right? And so it 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 helps you across the board just have a better class all around. Yeah. And it it leads to that person joining more often than not and more lead conversion in, yeah into members. One thing too I Ellie, th- about Orange Theory, Orange Theory
0: is business. I'm a very business for, so my wife, she's got her membership. Mm-hmm. I think Zoe originally she was on four classes a month. Yeah. If I went first to a classes co- with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the first like if I went to across the gym, I was like, you know what, maybe have you tried offering a one time a week class? or a one-time-a-week membership, mm-hmm. like, but they can't get results that way. Listen, Johnny, like I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get that you fucking want to help set. Like I understand. Right. CrossFit gets looked at as such like a skill development thing, like these muscle-ups and, and getting better at a snatch and all that. We're like, yes, yep. it takes time. There are so many people that just want to come in, and they just want to fucking move. That's why I called that class just move. Turn my brain off, walk in, knock out a workout, get out. When I went to Barry's boot camp, I've never looked at myself in a mirror that long in my entire life. They have mirrors in front of the treads. So boom, I'm going six minute running intervals. I'm staring at this mirror. And then when I got off in the weight room, you're staring at a mirror. I've never looked at myself that long in a mirror in my entire (laughs) life. But as I was doing it, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I was asking my buddy, uh, his name is John. He lives here in Charlotte too. And I was like, what do you think about that? Because he works out at the the Reebok Uptown CrossFit mm-hmm. location. And I was like, what do you think about Barry's? you think it's going to do well? And he's like, I, I think so. I think it's very similar. Like, I, they are like places you just want to go. Just turn your fucking brain off and go. Like, yoga is not a turn your brain off and go. No. Unless you are a very experienced yogi and you could just hit your warrior three. Like, it's no problem. Yeah. But – orange theory, you can, I mean, again, you could, you get on the treadmill, you could just do you, you don't have to worry about, you know, where should the barbell go right now? And wait, we're, we're moving the witch act. Like everybody moves simultaneously. I'm huge on the narrative of a workout. All of our workouts move in unison. So, um, if we're all at this station, boom, the interval changes that just move, you all move to this station. And it has to, because I think narrative is one of the things orange theory has nailed. Yeah. When you walk in, and if i've never been there i can look and first off i see a familiar piece of equipment the treadmill mm-hmm. i see a bunch of people on it going at different paces walking running sprinting whatever but then at the interval switch everybody moves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then the next intervals everyone's like oh that makes sense versus a crossfit gym one guy's got a kettlebell the other one's doing a pull up that one's running out the door why the fuck is that guy on the floor like it is a clusterfuck of yeah. cat herding it's just <laughs> insane and i think the na- i think don't think a lot of people like in a CrossFit world will think about but it's not good. Like, my programming doesn't, I, I don't think narrative first and as like what it appears like first. I think of the actual programming and this work, and that's perfectly fine. Rock right. and roll, like, do it your own way. Right. I've just always been a storyteller, and narrative first is just one of the things that I, I want the workout to make sense to the prospect, I want it to right. be effective for the participant. But for someone coming in, I want them to be able to look at it and be like, huh, yeah, no, I get that. Right. That's where all those pull-up bars hang, so people would just stay in one spot. That's what yoga killed. <laughs> yoga killed it because you just stay in one spot. Operational capacity to the max. <laughs> Takes up 40 square feet. A yoga mat in the extra space you need, 40 square feet, you never leave that spot. 40 square feet? 40 boy. square feet. So a yoga oh, mat shit. is less is under thir- uh, is under like 35, and then add just a little bit for the, the length right, of the arms right. and the positions. Yeah. So, but like what we're doing in here, we shoot for the average person is going to take around 75 square feet, a little bit less if we can make it happen. Um, Cause that's, uh, that, that's what it's going to take. Now, not in there. That's a 7,000 square foot fucking space. I don't yeah. need to worry about it whatsoever, but we play as if we're in 3,500 square feet. Cause that's what we'll be in the next building. Right. So it just, and what you guys have done, how big's your studio? Like how big is the actual workout floor? Size wise, I don't know. It's got to uh, be under two thousand I mean, square feet. It's, yeah, it's sixteen hundred. It's, it's you got to think like the layout of of of, of this it's a orange rectangle. series
1: studio. Do what? It's like more of a the the south end one's more of a is it more of a rectangle? It's a bit of a rectangle within like an extended piece like on, an on one half of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's where like the extra weight stations can yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and in and, and, sopro- and most orange series studios don't have fifteen stations. Yeah. Most have 12, 13. Okay. RF15. Got it. That's not very common at any studio you go to. Yeah. And you guys get the 45 person classes though. You guys get yeah. weightless. So we actually so at, at South End and we do this, I mean it's it's beneficial for both members and and coaches, but our three group classes, which are classes that have the 3G. The 3G which yep. max capacity of 45, our standard workout is a max of 30. Our busier times are, you know, early classes, afternoon classes, Even, before yeah. and after work, yeah. right? When people are working out most largest masses of people uh we have 45 and so we also have a floor coach so we have the coach who's on the mic and then we have a coach on the weight floor helping people out like hey checking in because a lot of most studios don't have floor coaches because there is a big fucking difference between 45 people and 36 people yes even though it doesn't seem like it there's a big fucking yeah. difference so and if 45 people sally's doing yeah. snatches on station one on the weight floor yeah and there's a fucking med ball lunges on the rower rower 15 yeah you got to be able to like yeah, get that. around yeah and, and at that point it's it's very similar to being in like a crowded bar almost like yeah. you have to be careful right like moving around right um it, it i mean it's 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 tight but it's efficient and it works and having two coaches just is extremely beneficial. Sure, it's it's great because it maximizes uh, the workout for everybody. The quality it, of the service, right? And and a member interaction. That's yep. another thing too. Is it's I mean, like I, I I'll go in and I'll floor coach as well. Like I, everyone, all of us floor coach. That's great because we can. Uh, myself speaking for myself, I get to socialize with more people more than I do when I'm on the mic. Yeah. Cause I'm, when I'm on the microphone and I'm coaching this class there's a lot of shit i'm saying that has to get said so that people yeah. know what they're doing and it's it's just it's just Did it take you a while to get used to the mic it's a customer experience i guess did you have to take you a while to get used to being on a mic uh not real it was before i did it it was something that was extremely new and extremely you feel like a boy uncomfortable you feel like you, dude it is funny dude i can remember working at flywheel knowing i had this mic audition coming up i would close at flywheel and it would be it would, you know, we close it like nine, whatever. Did you go practice? Everybody would room? go home and I'd be like, I'm going to stay here. And like, I would put them in mic the bar up. room yeah. with where where the mats, and, and I'd practice, practice this mic audition. That's awesome. That seems ancient, bro. I haven't thought about that in so long. <laughs> so it was so funny when That's we were crazy, when we were setting this up. So I use
0: headsets for the podcast. For those of you guys just listening to this, I, I have this, these headsets and I was about to be like, Oh Zach, this is how you put on the headset. I thought about it for some, like shut the fuck up. <laughs> this dude puts on a headset every goddamn day. <laughs> like You're not going to teach him anything. <laughs> <laughs> um that is so but that's you know what so here's the other thing too. So Soul Cycle, Flywheel, Orange Theory, Barry's boot camp. One of the things again that I think in the CrossFit realm people are missing out on, they have they do. Like I I, I think that from a two-day practical course, there is no better in-person two-day practical strength and conditioning education. Than the CrossFit level one, I've seen it evolve from when I took it in 2006 to where it is today. It is an amazing, like if you just want to know the basics of a barbell Mm -hmm. and gymnastics, it is the best thousand dollar two day course you can take. However, there is no element of presence and attitude and what I call the celebrity aspect of a class, your classes. And especially because, again, if I talk to anybody who goes to the South end and I say your name, they always know who you are. You're a presence in the gym. There are a lot of coaches that are like in the CrossFit micro gym world that are phenomenal coaches, phenomenal. They are like, but you wouldn't want to be in a car ride with them for fucking two hours because they are just not entertainers. They're not, they're not extrovert. They're not, you know, they don't have that presence. Yeah. They have the knowledge and, 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 you know, you can have both. Like there's plenty of CrossFit coaches that have both. I have both. Isaac has both. Deuce has both. There is just, in my opinion, when it, once you put a headset on somebody, you're making a statement that you better be fucking entertaining and educated at the same goddamn time. Right. And I I really believe in the, like, if I had to, if Deuce and Isaac quit on me today, right? They both walked out. I was like, all right, fuck. And I sat here, I would drink that entire bottle of Jameson. Thing, <laughs> and I would think about, okay, who do I want? I need – so I would go ahead and I would text you. I'd be like, I'm looking for somebody that is enter- – because, again, I believe in my opinion I'd rather have somebody with a personality over actual technical kinesthetic exercise physiology knowledge. Any day of Agreed. the week, I can teach the coaching aspect. Right. If they coach the squat wrong, I can fix it, but I cannot make you lively and energetic and engaging and funny at 5 in the goddamn morning. Yeah. That is a fucking skill, like to be able to make one person laugh and be a hard ass with another and just command a fucking room like those kind of personalities. And correct me if I'm wrong, like that is one of the like when you said you had a mic audition, they were not as worried about how you taught the squad shit, dude. No, they wanted to
1: see that you were a goddamn personality. Exactly. Yeah. And anytime we had we've had a few new coaches come on at Southend within the last year that are still new to coaching. They obviously have got plenty of classes under their belt by now. Um, excuse me. That so new to South and and one of the biggest like the, like I told both of them. I was like not just me, but I'm sure other coaches told him too. Like doesn't matter what you say, don't stress, don't overstress out cuz if you know they're taking it pretty they're very seriously sure. like they should. Don't overstress yourself about the script. Light them up with energy. Yeah, yeah. Like just be you be and high, authentic yeah. and like extremely personable on the mic and that they'll you know they, that that stuff parameters and saying whatever saying numbers and saying speeds pushes base what that can be taught sure you know energy's not that's not gonna it's crazy we had a guy he tried here for a week we
0: did a 10 days for 20 dollars it was one of our front-end offers and he, he came here, and I ran into a Greystone, little pub over up, up on yep. Greystone. Yeah, so I was up there on a Sunday with a buddy watching a Browns game, just drinking. And I see him there, and we're talking. you a Browns and, fan? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I know. Hey, but hey, Baker, listen, though. We're, Hey, listen, man. We're Baker, c- though. I know. It's it's getting better. That's it's getting exciting.
1: better. <laughs> the old Larry
0: Ogunjobi. Dude. I know, right? Let's go. The uh, But anyway, so he's there, and I was like, so you going to be joining? He's like, no, man. He's like, honestly, my wife goes to Orange Theory, and I'm gonna, I went there. And you know what I like better? I was able to just kind of be, I was able to get lost in the crowd a little more. Like I still got a good attention, but I just, I was one of a bunch where in here he came to our 530 AM class. He's probably one of 12. He was one of 23rd, like whatever your morning classes are slammed. Yeah. He's like, that was more for me. I didn't like as much attention on me. Like he did not value, like he was not like, I don't want the individual, like I don't want someone being on me as much as I had there. And I was like, and I and I completely empathize. I was like, I get that, yeah. and I I get it. And it's it's one of those things that at five thirty in the morning or at any time, I'd probably take someone that lights me the fuck up, like listening to a goddamn like I, I want to feel like I'm walking like I'm doing an entrance song into a WWE fucking <laughs> like I want I want to be energetic, especially if I've been a nine to five. I'm yeah. sitting at my desk all goddamn day. I want someone who lights me up. And I, I think CrossFit's really capitalized on a on a more strong, not silent type, but a strong, not as energetic type, and which is perfectly fine. And also, like you can see why, these warehouses are not built for acoustics. Like the acoustics in here drive me fucking insane. The amount like the amount of research and the quotes we got to fix the acoustics in here, again, if this wasn't gonna be a, a sale proposition building, I would have done it. But the acoustics aren't great in there, and you know how important how much
1: money Orange Theory pours into the acoustics. Dude, sound like con- engineers are just just to come out and see a site. Yeah, I mean, not speaking from, but just to come out before a deal is even made, before anything is signed, for a guy to come out like, and see, like, well, we're going to hey, spray foam Hey, will this that work? Yeah, or was this what you are going to have to do yep. financially? It's just crazy expensive, yep. but it's all part of the CX, the client experience.
0: Yeah, and that's. The music, so I had um, I got a guy. So his name is Nick. Nick has done DJing at your Valentine location. Nick Sheehan, um, DJ yeah. Nick. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick and I've been working with him, and he, you know, he he's really trying to get into the tech space of creating a better music experience for microgyps. right? Um, because when you guys, you mean, like, do you create your own custom playlist or you utilize like a Rock My Run, or are you guys using
1: like a certain f- like so fit radio? It's 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 both. Per, I can I, I think uh. Higher level, it's hard for me to say higher level, but I think the the people that enjoy certain coaches' music the most. I mean, everybody's got different taste. Yep. But I think the ones who do the best job, and I can think of one specific coach. It's not me uh, at South End. That you know, we all know, like she's awesome. Like her music is just the fucking. Banging. She just. She always, spends a lot of time on her playlist. She list. always finds new music new playlist first but we use a lot of fit radio yep like personally like I come in my warm-up is Spotify uh I have that like there's a couple songs just different like do I'll you have your it. own customized playlist on there like could someone yeah. follow of Zach. course yeah, on, yeah but yeah. it's what they're gonna get is like these I have a bunch of little playlists made of like six to ten songs that I'll use for a week or two because I teach all over the map yep and you know i the reason I'll do six to ten songs is because you really during that one you don't need Three songs max during a warm up, and then for the class it's fit radio. Yep, that's what it, and that's kind of what it. And I think at the cool down will be like a cool down song with Spotify. Yeah, but I think what like me, not me. But this coach does a, a, a phenomenal job blending the two. Yeah, she's just she knows what our fucking bangers like. What songs to just kill it. Yeah, and. Uh, we all, like, know what songs sound great, but, but I think a huge part of it is the timing of everything, too. Like, when you're hitting that last 30 seconds of the workout, if that music is not fucking yeah. extremely upbeat and just the dopest beat drop in the middle of that all out, to me, that's not a hype in. 100%. When you're ending a... Like, if, you're, if there's, like, a drop in the music tempo when they're hitting that last all out, it's super fucking weak. I can't stand it. I know, like... We use Fit Radio, and so like, you know, you have to listen to these playlists. I'm, I'm, I am i i do not Oh yeah, but use no, we've here. used it. Yep. You got to listen to these playlists to know. Well, half of some of them are great, are sure. phenomenal. Some of them are shitty. Yep. Some of them are like half the playlist is good, half, half is, is, is shit. Yeah. Like Skrillexy, robotic transformers. Yeah, two. Yeah. 100%. That are just make your too ears dub-steppy. bleed. Some of them you got to skip around a little bit, so you can find that way. But there are tons and tons of playlists that you, you get used to playing and you you know exactly like when I, when I know this remix of Broccoli is coming on for, you know, a 60 second, like if, if I play at 60 seconds left, I know yep. that beat's dropping at 40 seconds with a as part of the class. Sure, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It, it it goes a long way. I think it goes a lot longer. I think it does a lot more for the class than people think.
0: It's insane. So I've been really pushing. I, I did as uh, digital summit, uh, two years ago. And I, my, the end of my Q and a keynote, I talked about, I think the biggest change is going to come to the mom and pop micro gym. So let's call it a CrossFit gym or someone who just owns that kind of a gym. is going to be the evolution of music in the gym, right? Because here's the deal. Music is universal. You cannot give me the, give me the guy who loves nothing but Skinnered Slayer ACDC. And I swear to God, you put him in a room, Wait, I don't care who it is, Cardi B, whatever the fuck it is, and there's just a little bit of a beat, you'll see that motherfucker like kind of bending his knee and just fucking just yeah. toe-tap it <laughs> or heel stomp. Music is universal, it and is. it captures everybody. Why not – and again, it is a part of the experience that starts – that is in the beginning, the second you walk into that gym, that CrossFit gym, that Orange Theater, whatever, till the very end. What, your bathroom, like, be like oh, I've got the best bathrooms. Cool. That might affect somebody Maybe they might not even go into the bathroom that day, right? But like I've got the clean equipment. That's phenomenal. That's, that is probably something that should be in all day, but music, it is the constant in every gym I go into. Every gym I go into has music. It's just, why did you not put more time and effort into that? Right. Why am I listening to stairway to heaven? Oh, we had it on whatever radio. I was like, but this is the hardest part of the workout, <laughs> you know? And like, literally like Isaac and Deuce, I get pissed. I'll be in here working. I'll be getting like on a call and if i hear that shit like and i know what part of the class it is and i can i can hear it as you can hear it right now yeah. if i hear that fucking drop like down, i'm like what the fuck what what happened like change it like Seriously. fix it yeah. and, and it's it becomes one of these things that if you so many crossfit gym owners would hate this but if you were to put up a, a survey give me the things that you wish you could change the most about the gym It wouldn't be the programming. It wouldn't be the equipment. It wouldn't be the fucking coaching. It'd be the music. Yeah. It is something that needs to be addressed at a big scale. And I really hope Nick and his startup really fucking do it. But – Rock My Run is a really—it's probably the next best thing. Rock My Run's done a really good job, but it doesn't work. I've got
1: Sonos in here, and it doesn't work with Sonos. Sonos hasn't opened up their API to it, so that right. drives me nuts. Yeah. So we well, actually Orange Theory has, has a, a some sort of a affiliation with Rock My Run. Yeah. So on the back, like we get our our monthly templates, right? With template of the day, and it gives a recommendation for which Rock My Run playlist to use. Yeah. We just there are plenty of studios that use it. Yep. You guys we just find fit radio, radio works yeah. better. Yeah. yeah.
0: I enjoy my rock my run because I could change the BPMs, the beats per minute. Like I found oh, like okay. I, I liked that opportunity to kind of change that because we'll have a flow of the class where I want to be at like a hundred. I want another one I want to be at like a 132, and another one I would like love to be at like 176 and right. just fucking rock out. Um but yeah, I think music is gonna be the that that is gonna be one of the bigger equalizers that people look because again, equipment is a dime a dozen. Right? You've got rowers. CrossFit's got rollers. This look at dumbbells. They got dumbbells. Like that part isn't as differential. They, they, that's not the secret sauce. Music impacts how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like it truly impacts exactly how you feel. And that impacts what you do. It, like, correct. And that's I the mean, brand. Like how do I feel when I'm there between my ears? Not what I see. Not the. Like it's so funny. What is that? Berries. Jesus Christ, Barry's was not, I felt like I was at the club, and if we I was there for a bachelor party in Nashville, we were ready to fucking go afterwards, <laughs> we went straight to the bar, it was a good time, like, it was, but it was the music driven, the workout was okay, I mean, I, like, yeah, I, thought I had a great workout, I was fine, I didn't give a fuck about the workout, Yeah. neither did anyone there, they were there for the feeling, not the actual, the dips and the fucking, you know, the Z presses we did, right. like, nobody gave a fuck, they were there for the feeling, um, yeah, it's you know, it's one of these things too that I think, especially where you're coming from on the on the technician side, I think you get really dangerous. I think one of the things in the micro gym industry that hasn't happened is headhunting. So IT. IT is a huge recruiter industry. Recruiters get paid a lot of money to find the top IT software guys mm-hmm. and put them in different companies. Like they get paid a good whole industry is finding talent and moving it around. Right. I think the fitness industry, very soon, there will be a firm that does headhunting. They will find the Zack Scarborough in Charlotte that is a goddamn rock star, and there will be a gym in California with a franchisee owner of another brand who's willing to go ahead and spend, and now they're willing to go ahead and lure you away from OTF. Really? I truly believe headhunting will become a huge part of the industry. Um, it's just the natural evolution. The fitness industry is getting I've never bigger about and bigger. That, yeah, ever. It, it, ever talent. what's well, talent acquisition. It's what every after the national championship game. What is every college doing? Recruiting, Recruiting. time. Recruiting. Mm-hmm. Why it happens in every real industry. I just think the fitness industry just looks at like, oh, let's get the next you know twenty five dollar a session kid to come in through here. And I truly think the brands that will will surpass, like Isaac's been with me since 2011, right? So, um, to create a real career for someone who has, you know, health insurance, like she is going to be having a family soon, we have she has a whole pregnancy plan and insure, like to to do that, you, things will get competitive. Mm-hmm. They really will. Like even with this what the fuck gym talk thing, I've literally get DMs like, well, if you ever fire Isaac. I'll come up there and work for you. Like, again, like, you know, it's good. It keeps Isaac on her fucking toes. But like, but, but at the same time, Isaac could probably, I guarantee you, like, I bet you she's had fucking people slide into her DMs and be like, hey, Stu's kind of a dick. If you want to come work for me, I'll offer you this. Like, I believe recruiting in the fitness industry will become a thing where you will have people have great reputations. Did you, um, the cycle bar instructor, uh, black kid here, Steven, did you ever hear the story about this kid? Uh, so there was, a cy- there was a cycle bar instructor here his name was Steven I never met him personally my wife met him she went to a bunch of his classes his goal was to be a soul cycle instructor which if you're in spin being a soul cycle instructor becomes like one of the top kind yeah. of things you could do he auditioned on audition never happened and then he just kept building up his, little f- his local following here at cycle bar he would do the different cycle bar locations killed it eventually got the call to go up and audition again and he fucking got it. he's in yeah. New York City cycle bar like you've that's like Hollywood for spin instructors right now New York City cycle or New York uh New York City yeah, uh, especially up soul there. cycle yeah so yeah I think recruiting will become a big big thing over the years as people dive into it and, and again like you've spent two and a half years doing this do you not think there's some dude at fucking Barry's who would love the fucking like? Hey, number one, a he wants to have someone from another place because you always bring elements of culture over. I think the best thing in recruiting is bringing someone who's had different culture than yours, yeah. different,
1: um, not the same shit over and over. And uh, but yeah, man, I really think recruiting. Well, that's be the big. thing that too that like when I look at, uh, which I've never I never gave that crazy amount of thought, but like looking into where I started at Flywheel and seeing the instructor life, like yeah. seeing people love different things about different instructors and like voice that opinion or like you hear the conversations yeah. that they're not having it in front of the instructors, but they're ha- they'll have it in front of a guy folding towels because who gives a shit what he's happy, he's yeah. whatever, he's probably not paying attention. Or, you know, you, you get to take these classes of these high level instructors and yep. see, you can see, and you can analyze what makes their classes yep. better than others. That's, I mean, I, I feel extremely lucky for that. And that I feel like that just is able that that's across the board, like helps you develop your skill and fitness, whatever it is, whatever you are good at, go out, take classes, do, you know, and, and, and along with that, that kind of spreads your reputation for people. People know you, you get, you can have a celebrity status in the right, like. I remember a buddy of mine was like, he was trying to get into a club in New
0: York City and he said that he was sitting there in line and, you know, he didn't have any girls with him, so he's not going to fucking get in. <laughs> and he's like, the guy that got in ahead of me, he went up to the front and, they, and he was a soul cycle instructor. And he just like, he had this celebrity, like in the right cities. And again, we're talking Austin, Chicago, LA, New York, ish, Charlotte ish, Atlanta, but bigger, bigger markets. Bigger markets. Right. You can, if you're one of those instructors, you're seeing hundreds of people a day. Yeah. You are a performer. The fitness is second. The performance, like, I always joke around, like, when I well, go to, like, do a keynote at one of these places, like, I don't put on a speech, I like to put on a show. Like, you want to be a fucking performer. Why did The The Rock pop more than anybody? He was a better performer than everybody else. He was electrifying, He was electrifying, dude.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> like, he dropped the people's, eye, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> eyebrow and, uh, and the people's elbow, and he just, that was game over. You yeah. have to be a performer in this. And again, even anyone listening who's, like, a nine-to-fiver, I don't care if you're, like, you're a senior analyst at a CPA firm like the people who are top performers and enter, like you'll always attract more people to you. right um yeah man that's uh that's that's cool i, I really do appreciate you taking the time to jam Absolutely. on all this but this is this has been a ton of fun um if anyone's listening like anyone who's a trainer anyone who's kind of like on that journey and i've recommended to a lot of crossfit trainers trainers who are doing personal training work at a globo gym I think getting an education at a established franchise location, like a Barry's, like an Orange Theory, is a fin- is one of the best things you could do. If I were doing it right now, I would go and learn sales at a Globo gym, personal training, hardcore sales. I'd learn showmanship at an Orange Theory, and then I would go to a local CrossFit affiliate that was failing to learn how to not fuck up my business. I would learn all the things he's doing wrong, or maybe well. Um, how can someone get a hold of you? I'm sorry. How can someone get a hold of you? So, like, if someone wanted to reach out to you, they oh. were like, "Man, I want to know more about your orange deer experience." Blah blah blah. I'd love to maybe get you. Where could someone contact you?
1: Uh, Instagram, best yep. way. I mean, uh, everybody has Instagram. I would hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, What's the handle for Instagram? Handle for Instagram is at Zach Scarborough. Z a c h, uh, Scarborough. Spelled a little weird. S c a r b o r o. Cool. Out the. Uh, and I'll the last link this shit letters. up in the show notes so people, if they if they do have questions, that kind of thing.
0: I fucking hell! I even had a a, a micro gym owner that I worked with go get a job at an Orange Theory just so she could learn, like like she just went in there and be like, I don't have that many clients. They do. I need more practice in front of people. Yeah. She wasn't getting enough, so she went and got a part time job. She's making fifty five dollars an hour. Systems more there. than she yeah, more than she did at her own business.
1: <laughs> Systems there, dude. Yeah, like man. that's that's the one thing I can attest to. Orange Theory, like in a and in, in, you know I can leave it on this, but uh, luckily it's helped me, uh, just they provide you with what to say not that they, te- they there's a script of what to say for an hour long they give you the parameters of the workout right and they te- you know it's it's time based everything's based off time you're keeping track of time you're under control of the class um, and then from there it's like you just get to you just get to like eventually you get comfortable on a mic and you get to develop this, personality and, and it helps you your own dna of the class and with everything that you do outside of here yeah. like it helps me now it helps me uh if i wanted to go to another fitness studio and audition put a mic on I, that's not gonna you'll close yeah. on more houses you'll close more
0: clients in real estate because you have some showmanship a hundred percent one hundred thousand percent yeah have, we didn't even get to talk about real estate content we'll talk we'll talk about drones and shit we'll, afterwards i'll be back yeah yeah absolutely
1: man. <laughs> zach thank you so much man absolutely boss. awesome, awesome.